Hello and welcome to the Life Unscripted podcast, the podcast that invites you to break free from the ordinary and embrace the extraordinary journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Join us as we dive deep into conversations with experts, thought leaders and real people, sharing their insights, stories and practical tips to help you navigate life's challenges and seize its opportunities. So whether you're tuning in during your morning commute, your daily workout or your quiet moments of reflection, get ready to embark on an incredible journey of self-discovery and transformation. Go and hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode and join us as we create lives that are authentically ours, unscripted and limitless. This is Life Unscripted and your story starts now. Getting sober. Mm-hmm. I had my last drink on the New Year's Eve. How long ago is it? Seven, just over seven years ago. Um, I did a gig as Elvis. They got me out of the coffin and put me on. And um, yeah, I think because, uh, you know, I, my, my marriage was I'd, I'd broken up and uh, my boys had moved away. And so I was a weekend, every other weekend dad, which is, you know, which is common, I think, these days for a lot of guys. But um, yeah, I wasn't coping very well. Um, I was a little bit, I was a little bit, I was lost. I was very, very lost. And I think the big, the word that somebody mentioned to me that made me realise that I needed to sort myself out was it wasn't, you know, have you got a drink problem? Do you drink too much? It was, is your life unmanageable? And that unmanageable was the key. It's like, oh, and it was like, that was, that was, you know, light, the, the cliched light bulb moment. It really was, it was a revelation to me when I heard that word. Cause it's like, oh my God. Yeah, my life's unmanageable. Because it's everything was just. <laughs> I heard a comedian talking about it the other day, because this comedian's sister's a heroin addict, okay? And he says, it's like, you know, when you're a heroin addict, you have to go on quests. Like, you know, today we need to go find some copper. And, you know, tomorrow we've got a. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, I'm on quests. I'm on I'm little, little quests to kind of maintain some, uh, some life just doesn't fall apart. It's like playing Jenga constantly and trying to stop uh, things tipping over and it wasn't anything it wasn't even it wasn't it was like and it was uh, the gig went well which is probably part of the problem it was also in a pub <laughs> the landlord i just had to go i just mm-hmm. raised my finger and he'd get me another double vodka and it was like so it was, that was my night i'm a yorkshireman i'm not gonna free drink i'm not gonna let that disappear um and so the next morning, uh, it was uh, a case of, this isn't, this is, well, it's like, it's not normal, this isn't okay, it's to feel like this is not, is not alright, it's not normal, I think that's the thing. Normal people don't feel like this a lot of the time, and so um, I thought I've got, I've got to change, I've just got, I've got to stop. Whatever. I need to stop the stop the not just stop. I need to stop everything, and I need to do some work. You know, because obviously I'm a little bit. Things aren't right. Um. But things haven't been right for things have never been right. Let's put it that way. So when I stopped drinking, I realised very very quickly that drink wasn't my problem. It was me. That was the problem. And then, you, and then if, and then I was, it, like every, you know, I spent a lot of teachers, big, big drinkers as well, because of the, because of the job, you kind of live for the weekend, and a lot of mad nights out. I, I used to start at school and go, there's my crowd there, there's the sad friggers are going to be on it on the on Friday, starting weekend on the Thursday, um, and I realised that there was moments. Um, a couple of years, years before, when I would just I started seeing my behaviour and thinking, yeah, that's not normal. I remember one day there was a friend, who's it was his birthday, and people were going to go around to his for a drink, and I was like, no, I'm going to go home because I I need I need a proper drink, and so I just went home on my own and had, a, 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 you know, I would have had to drink socially if I'd gone there. And it was like, no, I've had a really bad day. I want to just switch how I'm feeling off. And I went and sat on my own. 
in front of like the telly and had just drank, you know. And looking back, it's like that isn't normal, you know. I let my friend down as well because I think I told him why I wasn't. He says, well, "Will you come in?" No, why not? Because I'm drinking, <laughs> you know. Um, and I did, and I, I think I was a bit of a dickhead as well. Pardon my French, but I, th I think I wasn't particularly nice. There's moments of um, well, my my you know we talk about cocky and confident, arrogant, and confident. There's definitely moments like, and they're getting more and more. Because I don't, I hate arrogance in other people. I really do. Um, I'm terrified. I'm going to have it in myself. But there was moments when I was just. There's no other word for my behaviour, but uh, it, arrogant, and it was ugly. And um, when I felt like that, I have a little drink. <laughs> you know, make it, make it worse, I guess. There loads of things had happened. It was like there was a. I was. I always had a feeling, I thought, by the time when I said when I'm 60, I think I probably need to stop drinking. That was my plan. And really, on reflection, I realise now it means I can drink for another 30 years. Um, yeah, so I stopped, you know. I found some friends who helped me out. And they talked sense to me. Um, in fact, no, they just told me to, what was it? They said, uh, well, they asked me a question. It's can... Um, can you have one drink? And I was like, no. It's like, I'm either drinking or I'm not drinking, you know? And I hear that a lot from people. It's, you know, I wasn't an everyday drinker, but when I drank, I was, I was like, no, I'm drinking. And they say, like, okay, so one, so really one drink is too much and 20 is never enough, you know? It's like, okay, that really makes sense. And with the unmanageable bit as well. And, um, so I stopped and, I st and he says, take the cotton ball out of your mouth, I'm oh, sorry, out of your ears and put it in your mouth and listen. Just listen to people who are like a lot wiser than you, who, um, yeah, you might, because one of the problems is when, when I got to that stage, in terms of arrogance, I probably, you know, I probably was one of those knobheads who thinks they're the smartest person in the room, you know? It makes me cringe like crazy to say it but I probably did and yet I was the biggest dummy in every room I was in but uh, yeah it probably that was probably a thought in my head um I, I, I don't know why I don't know why um probably I probably read too many books <laughs> thought that maybe of an interesting person uh <clears throat> and so when I realized that I was I, I was like a I was like a Toddler. In fact, no. I was like a, I was like a twelve-year-old. I was in arrested development from adolescence. I hadn't grown up. I was like, shit. I haven't. I haven't grown up. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't. I'm. I was forty-two. I haven't, I'm. A, I'm a child. And I realised every relationship I'd been in was more like um, a mother-son mm. relationship. You know, in in those ways. Uh, the one thing I did do my best with was with my boys, but that's the only, that was the only thing that I really feel like I'd kept that. Everything else uh, was a mess, you know? It was a mess, and looking back, it had always been a mess. Every problem I had in my life, every single one, I'd had a drink. It was as simple as that, and it was just like this revelation. So, um, what, what do I do now? And now you've got to do some growing, you've got to do some work, you know, something I wasn't used to. And so, you know, we were talking earlier about do two things a day yeah. you don't want to do and do somebody a good turn, but they're not allowed to find out about that it was you that did it. Um, that was work, you know. And so what happened was um, the unmanageable, really quickly actually, started to become manageable. Like, it frighteningly quickly. It was like, oh my God, you know, how... This is all I had to do to get rid of that constant sense of anxiety about the stuff I should be doing but haven't done or who have upset. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, and then, and then so... I was, I, was, I was very lucky. I met some amazing people who helped me um, and loved me back to... 
not even back. Like to, yeah. I, I'd, I'd never been there. It was like I wasn't rediscovering something I had. I was gaining something that I'd never had. And um, and then and then I realised very very quickly that the only way I could keep it was to give it away. That's something you hear a lot. It's like so. It's because if I ever think about me, if it's about me, I do. I'm you know. I think maybe I'm a natural narcissist. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if we all are. But if 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 I'm feeling down, um, it's because I'm using the word me and I a lot. You know, and I and I remember when someone would say, you know, I tell one of my friends that uh, you know I'm not feeling great. And he went, so who have you phoned to see if they're feeling great? I was like, oh, no one. He went, well, what are, you, what are you moaning about then? You know what to do. And it's like, it's, do you know when somebody tells you something that's true and you, it's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. Yeah. They were, and they're right every time. And it's so simple, you know, if you, it's so, so simple. I, um, you know, I, the, the, only t the only way I'm happy it's not about in fact it's not even about happy because happiness I realise that's a that's a drug as well yeah you know it's like chasing happiness it's just being okay most of the time and the real gift was um, uh, bad days weren't that bad bad days were okay in fact they weren't bad days they were I would have called them a bad day before but a, a, a bad day was okay and good days were the, were, were the norm, really. But I had to change what good day meant, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was, it, so it's been, I mean, seven years, it's been amazing. It's still, it still feels very, very fresh. I suppose it's hard because your environment, like, you, you know, you went, you're playing at pubs, you're geeking at pubs, you're around that. In, you're in that environment all the time. So did mm. you just stop? Oh no! I think this is this is the weird this is the weird thing, and it's like I try to explain it to my sons every day. And I don't say the only way I the, the really the, and it, I don't want to be offensive, but this is the best analogy I've found for me. And it's like uh, you know, so we're in a supermarket, and people often ask us. So I like, so when you're in the supermarket, do you avoid the booze? And it's like, why would I avoid? the booze and I said it's, you know when I walk past the nappies and the sanitary products I don't go <gasps> because they're, they're not they're not for me and the alcohol aisle isn't for me either it's just not for me it's just not something that, I, that has anything to do with my life anymore um, and, it, and, it, and it won't do you know there's no there's no downside to for, for me for this it's just all it's all it's all gravy it's all good um and i don't i don't it's not like i'm one of those i'm not like watching someone uh have a drink like i'm like a vampire is off blood or something you know it's like oh that's really good um no it's just it's just not for me it i don't even notice it um that's a lie actually because sometimes when you see on telly you see someone pour a drink and then put it down, it's like, well, that was a waste. <laughs> and that's that's quite common. It's like, you know, you, I, can, I see it. Um, but then it also shows me, it's like, yeah, I never drank normally because I always noticed stuff like that. So why have we poured that glass? When someone sees someone pour a, a glass of wine back in the bottle, mm. it's like, we have to throw the cork away. Yeah. You know, that's what you're doing. And now I do that with ice cream. I throw the lid away when I start because that's... <laughs> yeah. That's about as exciting as it gets, but yeah. So, and it's it's interesting because uh, in terms of of I don't know. I, have a I feel like I've changed. I I hope I've changed. I hope I've changed for the better. I hope I've, I've, I've I hope I'm fundamentally a a different person. I think I am in a lot of ways. Well, you've just you mentioned three times you've said about cringing at your former self. Oh, so that shows you've grown, doesn't it? Yeah. You can cringe. Well, I think we've all had those nights when we've kind of gone, "Oh, good, did I?" But it's like if we, we haven't had years. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and um, 
some people say to me, yeah, it wasn't all bad. It's like, well, you know what? Even when I thought it was good, it was bad because, and this is, again, this is just me, and this isn't being judgy about people who drink. I can't drink. I just can't. It's, it, it's not good for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's brought nothing but misery to me. It doesn't bring misery to everyone. It, it did that to me because um, maybe I leaned on it too heavily. Uh, but there are, there are, you know, there are most most people are normal drinkers, you know, um, and it's fine. I, but I'm not judgy about it. Um, I think people judge. Oh, I had this conversation. People judge. I know it's a it's a bit better now that a lot of people are not drinking. So you know, dry January is a big. So the the naught percent alcohol market mm-hmm. is getting big and big bigger and bigger but if you know everything is revolved around alcohol weddings funerals birthdays mm. christenings weekend the lot it's all well, that's it's all the list when food. people yeah. stop drinking they go what am i going to do on my birthday what am i going yeah. to do at christmas what i'm going to do that's the first two things they say mm. and it's like my answer would be you just do them yeah. and, and and it's better that's mm. better people pose that question that somebody said if somebody says to you why are you not drinking mm. reverse the question and go well why are you why are you drinking? Mm. And see what their answer is. It's a tough one. I mean, it's like the beginning. I was trying to, I was like trying to find another drink, and I drank so much Coke Zero that is looking at it now makes me feel sick. And then it was like I was on soda and cranberry juice, and then I realised, um, really quickly, it's like I'm just trying to replace. I'm trying to keep the habit of drinking mm. by, you know, it's almost like vaping rather yeah. than smoking, yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, the thing is, I guess that's different. I, I guess it's like eating those. Look, remember those cigarette sweets as a kid? Eating mm. those rather than smoking. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. I'm still kind of pretending I'm trying doing to find a, another. You're trying to find a replacement, aren't you? And yeah, I'm drinking, drinking whatever. I'm drinking way too much, like so much Coke Zero, and, and it's only. I mean, it's only so much. My my liver must have been cleared <laughs> out with the cranberry juice. Um. And then, but then, uh, then I realised, it's like, okay, um, that's just a start, you know, stopping the drinking was, because you could stop drinking and be off your head, you know, mm. they call it dry drunk. You could be absolutely insane. Uh, so it's, it, just stopping drinking is, 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 that's the start, but that could be, if that's your end, you're in trouble. Mm. Probably going to drink again, in my experience, you know. I'm talking about myself. Mm. Um, no, because whatever whatever took you there, you've got to deal with that. So you know, I'm I was I'm an adolescent. So I sometimes think I'm probably nineteen now emotionally. <laughs> you know, um, but it's it's like working all all that stuff, all that stuff that that you know. You, why do you live for the weekend? Why is that? Why is like your budget for your for your weekend? more important to you than the rent mm. you know from when I was a young kid uh, that, you know when I started drinking um, what, what, is, what is that about and then uh, it was just sorting all that stuff out it's like the stuff I've been able to drop and let go I was really you know the poor pity party oh my god I could ruin your wedding and make it about me and how you know did you know it's yeah. like, you know it's, and again, Victim, talk about yeah. cringe. It's, I mean, my shoulder, it was making my teeth itch thinking about this stuff. Um, but here's the thing, it's like, the, the, the thing I've realised is really important to me. There's two things. One, I don't, there's, I haven't got a second chance with this. Um, so when you, you, you know, you're talking about alcohol-free beer and stuff, um, I, I, don't, I don't touch, I don't go near it. And it's because I never drank for the taste. You know what I mean? Mm. So uh, I'm happy with, uh, if I'm really celebrating, Dr. Pepper Zero is about as exciting as it gets. And that's a big night. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's a big night for me. But it's all the other things I click. So I mean, you know, I, I had loads of autoimmune stuff and I still have. And, uh, and health issues and bone stuff. But um, isn't it weird? I stopped drinking and all that stuff felt uh, immediately better straight away and then I started watching what I ate you know um, and then intermittent fasting and thinking about what I'm putting in my body and then also realizing how my head works 
It's like a domino effect on. Yeah, well, it's just it's like it's like God. There's one bad habit gone, but I'm a collection of bad choices and poor behaviour. So just trying to find something that works for me. So like with the intermittent fasting, really for me, it, it's it's it, I have a window to eat. Because even the way my head works, I can't eat 4,000 calories in an hour. I'll, I'll freaking try, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But, I, you know, I can't. And then, um, and I, me- I remember just, I remember the gifts. It's like, I realized, it's, oh my God. When you, it's, it, I, re- I started saying to myself a lot, I say, it's all head game. It's like, you, you, my limitations I put on myself. So uh, I thought, I want to start running. Um, and I thought I'm going to be sensible I did it like the same way as I stopped drinking I'm going to be sensible about this um, because it's like some people go right I'm going to stop drinking I'm going to eat healthy I'm going to mother and then it's like there's a pile of things just do do the big one and then eat cake <laughs> you know do the big one and eat cake and then it's uh, making it sustainable like I do a podcast last week mm. he said that you know January comes and it's like oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go gym five days a week mm. I'm going to do this do that it's not sustainable exactly you know you can't keep that up for a long term so and being realistic about it is important because yeah. knowing knowing myself I know I know some guys who kind of go right I'm going to go to 90 minutes 90 meetings in 90 days mm. and it's like the first time I heard that I was like I, I won't do that if I miss a day, I'm out. I'm out, you know. So, um, uh, and and so I, I was. It's for the first time ever. I was. I was sensible, you know. I was sensible, mm. and it was like realistic about my limitations. Um, without being, without kind of being preachy about it, it's just you're just a bloke, you know. You're just a normal or average knobhead, you know. Who's got himself in trouble. Um, and then when I realised it's like so stop that I say well, I'm gonna I'm gonna run I said so here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna do it like I did it with the drinking I'm gonna I'm gonna there's a little lap I can do um, I'm gonna do one lap a, a day one day over the seven days I'm gonna do two and I can choose the day because you know sometimes when you're doing something you one one day you just you just knackered one day you think actually I'm alright. I would do that and even though I could have done two days mm. the next day I'm like no this is and then the next week, the two was the norm. And one of those days, I'm going to do three. And then it was just doing laps of this, like uh, this farm field, which is it was about a mile. And then I got to six, and I found I'm getting really bored of doing this. And so I just kind of stop. And I was like, you know what? Why? You know, what? How far would I want to run? I said I'd love to know if I could run ten miles. So I just said to myself, as long as I went, so run five miles from home. I was like, oh my God, it's so simple. Mm. So I ran five miles from home and I had to get back home. I was like, I'm either walking or I'm running. I'll, I'll run. And my run is like, I have a lady pension that's passed me. You know, it's not, you wouldn't call it running. But then in, again, it was like, um, having a chat with myself about that. It's like, I'm not in competition with anyone. Who am I to be in competition with another human being? It's me. Mm. I mean, that's me. I'm I'm my problem. Other people aren't. I'm in competition against me yesterday. That's it. As cheesy as that sounds. That was, you're right. Yeah. That was that was in my head. And so when people would pass me, I'd think to myself, it's like, good on you. You know, anyone out here doing this, anything that makes you uncomfortable when they're doing it, they're, they're, you've, you've owned a day. Um, and then so yeah, just and I built that up, and I kind of ran. I think I'd run ten miles from home, see if I can run back, and I did, and it was it was hard, but because I because in my head, I just made a decision to do that. It's like oh my, it's all head game. Mm. Where where are the limitations? That unless I put them on myself, there, there aren't any. Um, yeah, and that was a real gift, and that's, that's something that comes and goes. I, sometimes I, f- I remember that. I like a, I, it's like a, especially in those long runs, I realise my first half an hour, my head's grumbling. I'm full of resentment. And it's mm. like, I like the way they talk about resentment as well, because I realise I'm a very resentful person. Um, and it's like uh, having a resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, you know? And it's like, so true. Mm. It's absolutely, it's just truth, isn't it? Um, 
and the, the first half hour grumbling and then in a nice little space you know and I like to go out I can't I can't run it in a gym I like to be out in the trees I like to give someone a little nod you know you're right as I go by which for me is like very sociable <laughs> you know because that's something I'm not you know I, I'm quite an awkward person in a lot of ways um yeah and when I do that when I make myself uncomfortable I feel like my sobriety is healthier mm. and when I don't my sobriety isn't and I'm resentful I'm not going to have a drink but I'm going to be a dick you know and I'm probably not going to be very much fun to be around I'm probably not the best friend I could be I'm probably not the best dad I could be but then also knowing that I'm not I'm, I'm not flipping Buddha you know I'm just a I'm just a guy who's trying to who's trying to um, make some amends I guess mm. Which is a big part of it, you know. There's a lot of guilt, um, and it, it, it's like is Saint Francis says, you know, to forgive is is to be forgiven, and that really resonates for me because sometimes I'm like, what does that mean? To forgive is to be forgiven, and that, I don't know if you know the whole Saint Francis prayer. No. Well, it's I'd look it up. It's like if you want to reset your day and just think, and I use that, you know, because I do pray, you mm. know, um. Some people might say, oh, I meditate. So no, I'm praying to something bigger than me because uh, I'm not running the show. And when I do, I make, a, I make a mess of it. But just, and it's, it's even like, it's, it's listening to the wisdom. I'm, you know, it's like my arrogance. Because when I was at school, it, and it, again, when I did my degree, it's like what we were saying before, I would do stuff I would succeed in something enough in a lazy way. And I thought that was a, I thought that was a, wow, what, a, what an amazing trait. It's like I did a degree, didn't really do a degree. I was hardly there, you know. Mm. I, just, I just read the book and did the exam. But that, that sounds like I'm, I mean, I just scraped through doing that. It's not like I excelled, you know. It's not like I could teach the course. It's like I just about got through. And I was proud of that, you know. And, um, uh, then that's, then that's, that's the way everything had been so it's like going all in on something and, and trying my best you know thinking back to my degree and thinking what could I have achieved because in, in Bradford in, in Ravenscliff and sometimes it's weird how you, when you tell stories about yourself and you realise I used to tell this and to big myself up and now I tell this to put myself down because mm. um, I was the only person in my school that year to get A levels and it's like, oh, it's like, it was still shit A-levels. <laughs> I just about scraped through. And uh, it was a very small sick form, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, and I couldn't, I, you know, that was, from, that was from barely doing any work. I was from just leaving things to the last minute. And so I went going and doing a degree where I was like, why am I going to university? Wanted to get out of Bradford, you know, and just start again. And two to play, I wanted to be in playing bands. So the degree was like so low in my priority. Mm. And I look back now and think, oh, man, what a waste. You know, what a waste of an opportunity. Because no, I mean, no one in my family had been to university before, so it was a big deal. When I finished my degree, it's like, right, what now? Well, I didn't know. I ended up working at a foundry for a year, um, you know, with guys who'd been there since they were 16 and retiring, you know, and, you know, no qualifications. And I'm like, well, this worked out Same. for me. Mm. But I was just back on my people, wasn't I? It's like, these are working class people. This is where I come from. But I had this, uh, this arrogance thing, because I thought I was, uh, yeah, I thought I knew a thing or two. I knew sort of, all I knew was um, other people's ideas from books. And so now I realise it's like it's it's, um, it's looking for the wisdom. They, they say if you hang around wise people, you'll you'll develop wisdom. Yeah. Not if you're not listening, though. Not if you already no. think you've learned everything. So it's like you know, like hearing uh, that Saint Francis prayer to forgive is to be forgiven, and just thinking about what the hell. And it's the whole thing stunningly beautiful. It's also about don't make it about you. You know, it's like the start of it. It's like, uh, 
um, comfort rather than be comforted. And it's like, oh my God, how beautiful is that? It's not, it's not about me, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I should be worried about being a comfort to someone, being useful. And I think that was, that was a real gift of uh, one stopping drinking. So I was, I was, I was humbled enough to, to listen and actually realize I was just a toddler, you know, just I had no idea. But that, that humility, um, and when I say being cringe, the fact I could, you know, I look back and it, and it is so embarrassing, but that's humiliating, but it's actually a real gift mm. because it means I was just put on my, put on my arse, you know, but knew it. Um, and so listen, you know, so listen to people. And it's like the things I hear, no one's coming up with an original idea. Um, they're, it's, they're, they're repeating wise words from wise yeah. people, you know? And it's not just like Marcus Aurelius and, you know, all these, you know, Nietzsche or whatever. Um, it's just some bloke who's, who's lived a bit, you know? And he's got a little bit of perspective. But I know that, um, yeah, I've got nothing original to say about this stuff apart from um, listen <laughs> get your ears open I heard a good thing the other day and he said when you said about helping someone else um, somebody had self doubt and they said how would you get rid of self doubt and they said help someone else get over self doubt mm. Go yeah. and go all in help them yeah. get over self doubt which would help you in the process of no, don't do it as a selfish thing. Mm. So literally go all in to help them, oh, but it will yeah. help you at the same time. Yeah, I think the helping is is because it's like after seven years, it's weird because like sobriety it, it changes. So it's like what it, my the first year was quite exciting. It's like oh, this is oh, and people are going oh, well done, well done, and you're turning up at people's houses. What would you like? And it's like they don't know what to do. Would you like a cabbage? Yeah, what do you people have? And it's like um, uh, and 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 yeah, it's quite. And then I remember after the first year, I got a little dip, and I don't know if it's just because it's January as well, but maybe this. But it's like oh, you know, this is actually work now. It's no pat on the back. Just get on because this is a this is a bridge to normal living, and this is what normal people do. You know, it's just taken taking me a while to get round to it, um, and uh, and as it goes through, when I when I when I talk, you know, I've had I've been really lucky. I've been able to help um, quite a lot of people get their life back on track. You know, which is a gift in itself. No ego involved because all I haven't said and you know I. haven't I haven't uh, done anything apart from be honest with some people uh, about about you know me, um, so they can get some identification and so realize oh flip like that moment when I when he says life's unmanageable, that was a revelation for me, and when they, so that helped maybe someone get that that moment because that's that's what saved that's what saved my life, you know and it's like you know the, the quality of my life. And uh, the people in my life. Um, so it's like in terms of helping people, it's like helping people, but without I, 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 I can't feel I can't feel good about that because I worry about my ego because it's like ooh I, I could I could my ego could go ooh we've got this haven't we we could really go out there and help some people and the second I hear that and and and, and think. I don't say shut up then I'm in trouble you know it's a slippery slope because I could be sober but I could be a massive you know I could I could, I could really cause some damage you know um, and so I have been lucky enough to help some people but then it's because someone people helped me you know and just told me the you know, like truth mm. you know and just kept it nice and simple Some someone as dumb as me could get it um yeah, and got rid of some of that pretension, a lot of that pretension. It's still, don't get me wrong, it's still in there, but I, I really try to keep a lid on it. Because um, the stuff is, you know, so, uh, some, because I think there are moments when, I, it's like when I'm talking to someone, I try not to be 
especially someone who's in trouble. And one, I try not to talk too much because I was a teacher. I talked too much as living. Um, but then also I try not to be, what would you say, charming? Or, I don't know, make light of it. Yeah. Um, because that, that, again, that's ego, you know. I want to help this person, but I also want them to really like me. It's like, that's, that's ego, you know, so I've got to watch out for that. Um, no, they just need to hear a way out. They just need to hear some truth. And it's not me. It's like, this is wisdom, mm. you know, this is old stuff. Um, and then they can help themselves out. So I've been, that's been, and that's been really good. And when I help someone, they always kind of say thank you as well. And, and I say, you know, you've no idea that it's like, it should be me thanking you. Because um, whatever I've got, it's like, uh, to keep it, I've got to give it away. And I've got to keep giving it away to keep it. And so when somebody asks me for help, they're helping me more than I'm helping them. Um, 100%. And when they get some, some sobriety under their belt, they'll see that as well. But they may not see it in the, I didn't see it in the early days. I thought, oh, they're helping me. Made it all about you again. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, that seems that is a go to for me. I can't help it. I don't know what it is. I really try to work on it, but I keep still having hearing the same thing. It's not all about you, Paul. And I, and when you hear that a lot, I'm thinking, how is it? Some of it's got to be about you, surely. <laughs> you know? But um, yeah. So seven years sober, it's very much a work in progress. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that you'll have to continue to work on. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Oh, forever. Mm. Forever and ever and ever and always be a work in progress. Mm. Um, but progress being the, being the key there. And the only way I'll make real progress is to make sure that I'm around for people who need help. It's, it's weird because at the minute, there's uh, it's quite a lot of people who are, who are getting sober at mm. the minute. I keep hearing from people. A guy I met a while ago, he's been, he's been sober for about a year and a half and he set up a little WhatsApp group about sobriety and he says do you want to be here and I said yeah happy to do that and it's really interesting hearing the people talk about you know this like people making excuses for not drinking like dry January they say I'm doing dry January which is great what about February though you know if you really want to stop drinking um, I've seen uh, people you know when somebody goes out and they don't they ask for a, a Diet Coke and no one's asked them why they're not drinking or go I'm doing um, you know mm. it's like yeah no one no one was no one was begging me to have a drink when I started drinking I think people were relieved <laughs> when I started drinking so I think that's, that, that's the first thing is just tell it it's just I've got a really good friend who's like who struggled a bit but I just went to say I, I don't drink mm. it's not I'm not drinking I, I don't drink and then it stops that conversation but then Maybe that conversation is actually more in your head than in mm. people you're talking to. But like I said, another one is to pose the other question, reverse it, and say, well, why are you drinking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people drink. But um, when you ask people that, it's a tough question yeah. to answer, isn't it? Why are you drinking? Mm. That, like, what I don't think many people would answer. Are they drinking because they don't like themselves, so that's mm. why they have to drink? You know, you have to feel... They drink because they have to feel relaxed, and it makes them, it makes them feel relaxed. But then, so you don't like yourself, and then I think the ninety nine percent of people out there, the reason they drink is to feel relaxed and mm. a better person than they think they actually are. So actually, ninety nine percent of the population don't like themselves. Yeah, so that social lubricant thing. Mm. Maybe everyone's just like got that social anxiety, and it does switch that off. Mm. I mean, there is a sweet spot with drinking. Yeah. Isn't it? It's yeah. like where it's like, oh, this is doing something good. This is, you know, I can, I can talk, I can talk to people easier. Confident, a bit more confident, yeah. and I feel better. But then it's like, yeah, wouldn't you rather wake up with that? But you, be, why you're masking what mm. you're, you're the real you? Yeah, and I think that's a big. It's such a, it's a huge part of culture, and so for me, it's just, um, it's not for me. Mm. And uh, I've got no opinions about someone else's drinking unless someone goes, I, th I think I drink too much, can yeah. you help me? And then, you know, I'll, but um, it's not like when people are drinking, I'm like going, oh God, look at them. I'm yeah. not, not like, oh, you should stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. no, there's, there's no, there's no there's, I'm not a zealot at all. I just, I just know f personally for me that I can't, I, it's not good for me to drink. 
simple as that. Mm. A lot of people, so years ago, is a bit like say we were saying it's a bit better now with people not drinking. But years ago, if you said you was not drinking, they'd be like, "Oh, what's up, we are," and encourage you to drink because then in a they're making themselves feel better about themselves because mm-hmm. you're drinking. So they're like, "Oh, he's yeah, drinking, yeah. he's getting pissed. I feel better about I swear, myself." So with your, with your friends you drink with, you, you your friends usually drink like you, the ones you drink with, and you think if you have a problem with drink, who do you end up drinking with eventually? It gets a bit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So I've had addictions in the past, and more being young, more weight was getting away. So I escaped. Mm. I went to Australia for ten months. Mm. Uh, They call that what is it? Doing a geographical. That's uh, that's that's common. That's a common Mm. thing to do. I just needed to stop that everything that was Mm. associated with everything. So I mean, even I give up smoking. I know I've ate now, which is one thing that I've cut down. But I I need to get on. But so giving up smoking, it was, I need to, everything that is associated with smoking, I need to stop. So I stopped drinking, mm. stopped going out, stopped socialising, stopped a group of friends that, you know, I just thought if I need to do this, I need to, all the jigsaw pieces need to be addressed mm. and stop. Else I can't just stop smoking and then still go to the pub mm. and still hang around with this person, that person, because it's going to make it harder. So I just needed to stop it all. So the same with like gambling addiction and stuff like that, I just... I just went away to Australia where money became a priority mm. and I actually cared about money more. You know, money was, whereas here it was just like, it didn't, it didn't matter. Whereas there, if I go there and I'm in at the deep end, mm. I need money to survive, that becomes important. So it's not, so it's something I have to um, cherish rather than just have a bad attitude towards. So how, how old were you when you did the Australia thing? Only Six, so that's, that's like such so young to kind of realise that and go and t- turn your life around. That's pretty impressive. Because mm. a lot, yeah, because that's the sweet spot for kind of getting into real trouble, isn't mm. it? <laughs> but it was either do it now or... Yeah. Or maybe never going to do yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, and I have had... Since I've been back from Australia, I've probably been in a casino three or four times. Mm-hmm. And I've come back in... I've come back 12... 12 years ago and there's an I went to, we went to a casino the other week because Isla was in Panto um, in Birmingham with Boy George and we was there and um, we didn't need to pick up for an hour and a half and I thought let's go in the, we'll go in the casino for mm-hmm. a bit resort world and I know I appreciate money a lot more now than I used to and I was within 20 minutes I was at like I doubled my money and Daniel was like just you know just leave and I was like <laughs> But I haven't been in a casino for that long. I was yeah. happy to change a hundred pound up and walk up and, and lose it mm-hmm. because I just wanted to be in that. You know, I haven't done it for so long. There's parts of me that do worry that if somebody is not around me to pull me away, what what I would be like. But I hope I've got a better relationship and more respect for money now. Mm-hmm. So I've got more responsibilities. Well, I did. I was single back then. I lived on my own. Um, it didn't matter now I've got a daughter a house a mortgage you know everything sort mm. of tricky I mean that's like I mean <clears throat> for me that would be like thinking that I can have one drink mm. and I know for me no um, the scary I, thing is I'm off I'm off to Vegas in April so that's yeah. the big t- <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> I mean that's test. like that's the biggest test I mean mm. that'd be a big test well that's what give me a, a gambling addiction actually mm. going to Vegas but I'm not surprised they want to do like it's a it's a gambling addiction factory isn't it really mm. I mean, you know, yeah, you definitely see the attraction of it. I mean, I knew it was, it, well, I knew it was bad because there was one night, actually, it was the one night I gambled in Australia. and I, But I knew it was bad before then, but it, I just remember that time. So I was about $1,500 up and all my friends were going home. And I was, and they said, you come in. I was like, no, I'm just going to stay for a bit. And so my friend took a $1,000 chip from me. Mm. And he said, I'll leave you with 500, so you're still a thousand up. So if you lose that, you're still walking away up. Mm. And what they don't know, is, and they still don't know to this day, so I lost the 500, ended up withdrawing a thousand dollars from the cash machine and losing that. And then when I see him the next day, mm. I lied because I knew it was, I was ashamed. And I was like, oh, at least, you know, just get on. I said, oh, I lost the 500. Oh, at least you still got your thousand chip here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, at least I still got that. I didn't, I didn't admit yeah. to them that I'd lost. And so that's, that's when I've seen it. It's when there's secrecy 
that's when you think this isn't normal mm. this isn't okay and I think it's that, that thing and that can slip in that sneaks in those those uh, those behaviours and I think on reflection now um, it's like is that is this because you know you should be slightly ashamed of that mm. and you because that's why you don't want anyone to know and you're ashamed because it's not normal it's not right and it's like ooh I'm not going to think about that mm. <laughs> I was definitely like that it's the point where I, you know, I've been in the casino back in, in England when, when I used to go a lot and I've been, you know, a thousand pounder, mm. for example, and when is that not enough? Mm. You, know, you know, years ago before I was an actual gambling ad, you know, a, a, a addict, I'd go in the casino, I'd walk away with 50 pound and I'd be like, oh, mm. oh, 50 quid up. I was sitting there at a thousand pound up and, it, and I couldn't walk away. I don't know why. Why is a thousand pound in a not not enough? So then I ended up losing a little bit of that money, mm. and then I ended up spending the next eight hours trying to get back up to where I was. Else, I still felt I'd walked out at a loss. Mm. I guess that's how they get you. Yeah, they. That, you know, if you got that head, that's how it gets you. Mm. That's the addiction. You think? Oh, you know, because that's. Like someone who wasn't an addict wouldn't think that way. Oh no, I've no people. I've, got, yeah. I've been with people in the casino, and they've they've, walked, they've cashed out at twenty quid. Mm. They think it's yeah. amazing. And yeah. I'll look at that and go. They've had a they've had a little buzz. Yeah, I'll go what twenty quid. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. But before, it would have been enough. You know, twenty, thirty, forty pound, fifty pound. But then well, I guess that's the um, th- that's that's the illness getting worse, though, mm. isn't it? You know, that's like saying a, moving a, the a, bo- a bottle of wine would be. A night is all right. Ten years later, <laughs> it's uh, mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, last question. Mm-hmm. What would you say to your younger self? What advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, that's a good question. That's a long answer. <laughs> um. Do you know, it's not a long answer. My, my, my advice to my younger self is assume the person you're talking to knows more than you do. And listen. That's it. Because uh, if, you go, if you go down a rabbit hole of just picking every little bad decision apart, it's like my bad decisions. It's because, yeah, I thought I knew it all. I thought I had all the answers. I thought all the answers were in books for a start. And uh, I thought going, yeah, um, and education is not wisdom. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, that's what I would say to myself if I, was, if I could. Oh, again, the other thing is be braver. Because it's like one of the things I learned after uh, Stop a Drink is that I just, I've lived my life just based on fear and I haven't lived as I should have lived um, because of that yeah that's how I'd answer how would you answer that my, yeah mine would be um, I think I've mentioned this a few times but I'm trying to think of a different answer a lot of the time I would say like don't um, do what you want to do don't be a people pleaser basically because mm. a lot of the time well I don't know about you, but I'm not friends with the people that I was trying to please when I was growing up. Mm. And then you could look back and go, I wish I'd have done this, or, you know, yeah. Um, but mine would be to listen, I've learned that. I mean, you you speak, ask my partner and my daughter, and they, they take the pee out of me every year, um, all the time, and they, sorry, they brought me a T-shirt this year that says, um, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Because I used to be a know-it-all, I thought I knew all the answers, I knew everything. I thought even if I'd done something wrong, it was right. And yeah, I've, I've got better at not being the, not being right. And you, you open your mind up, because people do things different ways. And then that way, if you don't learn that way, it might be the best way. But you know, you're not taking the time to learn it because you think your way is the best. Mm. But, if yeah. you, but if you don't listen to that and take that on board, how do you know that might be a better way? So I'll do, I'll do like, I'll, I'll learn it. I'm learning, that's, that's a work in progress. And yeah, I think it always would be. It's like, what is it, what's that quote? It says, uh, smart people talk about ideas 
um, moderately smart people talk about things and stupid people um, talk about people. Mm. Something like that. And then the other one is, uh, um, yeah, stupid people that, um, don't listen because they've got, already got all the answers. Yeah, that was definitely me. Mm. Yeah, that was definitely me. I think, but the thing is, is that most people? I don't know. I think maybe we've all got. I think we have. I think all of us have got so much more in common with each other, um, and because we we just we think we're in this lonely space in our heads, and I actually think so many more of us have got so much more in common than we'll ever really. No, I find that sitting here. Um, every guest I've had on the on the podcast, which I think oh, I'm having them on because they they're in this um, there's the the way they are. I think oh they're different to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I'll take something from them or, or you know we'll learn to maybe nice to talk to them because they're com- I feel they're completely different. But mm-hmm. as we talk, I realise that we are you know everything's relatable and they are the same. And you think. That's yeah. It's like it's like me talking a lot of the time, and I think we're all like I think we all think we're different, but we like you said yeah. I think we are very much the same. I think we all have gone through the same sort of struggles, whether it's gambling or drinking. It's still the same. And even just that, even without even just the uh, without even the addiction stuff, it's it, it's it's all the doubts and the fears mm. and the insecurities, and I think. Uh, what I've realised is it's like in um, special needs schools it's like if you go into a, a, an ASD an autistic route, a classroom it's mostly boys sometimes it's all, only boys um, or maybe the odd, uh, the odd uh, young lady and it's because as many girls get have autism as boys probably it's just they're so much better at masking those things you know and I think we're, I think we're all masking. We're all hiding. We're just terrified of anyone know, know, knowing us truly. Because we think, um, is it shameful? Are we different? And it's like, I think um, most of us are um, moderately mundane in the best way, you know? And we just don't realise it. I think that's going back to the drink, you know, talk, touching on the drinking thing. I think, we, you know, if you don't like yourself, you drink. So, mm. you know, and that's what we're masking. Oh, masking you, but you like yourself when you have a drink. Mm. It's like, wow, there's a slippery, slippery slope. So I go I go to the gym. Well, when I was younger, I went to the gym to be, to look better, mm. you know, for out of validation. And, mm. you know, now I go to the gym for me. You know, it's, it's a different, it's a, I'm doing the same thing, but the, the reasons behind it are, are different. That's a good way to look at it. Like you're doing something good for the right reasons. Because <laughs> you can do something good for the wrong reasons, mm. for sure. Mm. Like we were discussing that in the kitchen. You know, I could go and help, help and, uh, go and sit next to an homeless, homeless man and buy him dinner and post it all on social oh, media. Yeah. Or I could just go and do it. And yeah, not let anyone know. Mm. It's, yeah. it's the same outcome. Who's the good person though? Is it a person who doesn't need any validation and isn't going to tell anyone? Mm. Isn't, that's, the, that's the highest measure of, of charity, apparently. Um, that's why, like, when he's talking, it's similar to doing the one thing for yeah. somebody that... that yeah, because that, 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 that... I think that's brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking that on board. Oh, it's great. And it's, it's actually, and weirdly, it's weirdly fun because you've got to plan them as well. Mm. How do you do something good for someone? And they're not allowed to find out because if you do something good and they find out, you have to start again and find another one. Mm. And it's like, wow, that that is a lot more. Just being genuinely good for someone else for no payback is tricky, mm. <laughs> which is nuts when you think about it. It's thinking about other people rather than yourself, because mm. I think um, we think we we act like we're a very unselfish. Um, world at the minute but I think we are the most selfish I think we're the most inwardly we look at ourselves without seeing ourselves constantly Um, we're just reeking of narcissism you know this is the generation of the selfie I mean that alone is like 
how many people? It's like, here's a beautiful view. I know what will make this view even better. My face. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't even take a picture of someone famous anymore. No, nobody wants autographs. It's like, I've got to be in the picture with this. And it's like, yeah, narcissism, it's not, it's not good for us. You know, because we're just, it's just about us. And if people feed us attention, man, now there's, there's an addiction that is going to be a tough one. Mm. How do you, you know, you start getting some attention online. How do you need to lean into it? You know, who wouldn't? That's a tricky one. Yeah, for sure. There's a Netflix series. Um, I don't know if you watch it. It's called um, Social Dilemma. Mm. So it's basically all the, um, like, Google... Uh, Facebook, you know, all the top, top people in there and they they talk about, I mean, there was an example on there, one bloke who invented the light button for Facebook mm. and he said, I didn't realise the flip side of the coin that the, what it, the light button what that, that would have and he said, so since that, suicides have gone up in from, I think, 11 to 14 year olds in girls has mm. gone up 2,000 something percent. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So a small thing that you thought was bringing positivity, <clears throat> it's actually bringing negativity. Yeah, this is it. It's like that WhatsApp group thing where it always goes dark. <laughs> it always gets a bit weird. Eventually, someone's going to turn that to take that to a dark place. Yeah, and humans just seem to be so good at that. Um, and it's almost accidental how we lean into uh, that stuff. It's crazy, isn't mm. it? Really. It's like the world is out of validation now. Mm. So yeah. and it's so that's why I worry about my daughter's nine and she's gonna grow up in this world where everything is what other people think of you and not what you think of yourself. It's, it's quite I think I do I hope I do pray for like a pushback. I do feel some pushback because I think people are realising that it's it's deeply unhealthy. But I, do, I think the, the biggest part of it is because people are making so much money from this stuff that there is uh, this kind of almost sociopath leap. You know, this people are cashing in on our kids, on, our, on us. And on both sides, the yeah. mental health, I mean, the, oh, and everything. the physical thing, market yeah. is, mental health market is, is Oh, it's huge. Massive. And it's like, and you know, and you see it, people are starting uh, in the therapy apps. Um, and I don't think they're doing it for the love of humanity. I think they're doing it because it's like, it's a market, you know? Um, and so when we start turning things into markets, that's when people are dehumanized, I guess, because they're just, you're just a, an ant with a wallet, really, at the end of the day, you know? Like any dealer would see you. Yeah. You're just someone with some cash that we can take. I think that the, um, there was a, somebody said about the old, the tribesmen, I can't remember what they're called now, but they would look seven generations ahead. Mm. So what they would be acting on now, mm. they would see, they would think how it would affect seven generations ahead mm. to whether they did it at that moment in time. Whereas now we don't think of the, we don't think of probably the year ahead. It's the. I mean, you probably it's like people. I mean, am I really thinking about decisions I'm making affecting my grandkids? Probably not, because no. they don't exist yet. Um, and maybe that's the wrong way to go. Maybe we should be thinking about my great, 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 great grandkids. Uh, yeah, because a lot of decisions have been made recently, which I, who knows how long the impact's going to go on for. It's nuts. Mm. We're living nuts times. This is like fresh, flipping matrix. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody lives for now and not like you say, they don't think ahead. Yeah. You know, imagine if you was if you was in a world where you could see your effect, what you're doing now, mm. you could go seven generations ahead. You'd change. But because we can't see it, it was like, oh, we don't, I don't care. We don't care. But, yeah, your, but that's your family that you don't care about that are not there at the minute, but, but they will be there. We don't know them, I guess. Because no. I, I suppose the, the thing is, because is we, we don't live very long. And so the mistakes that were made by the, a hundred years before are going to be made again. Is that, I can't remember who said it. Is it Hemingway? Um, someone like that who said, uh, it's everything that needs to be said has been said. Mm. It's just we have to keep repeating it because no one listens. 
you know, and it's just that, that repetition. I mean, you think about something like 9-11, which is such a big deal, um, and when 9-11 comes around for the kids at school, it's like, it's not even, it's not a memory for mm. them, it's just something we say it's happened. Mm. Then you think about the, a war, you know, Harry Patch died, what, 10 years ago now, last fight in Tommy from World War One, and it's, um, and you're talking to the kids about it and you've got some old black and white pictures. It's not real. It's just abstract stuff. And then that's just going to keep happening again and again. Because we don't, we don't think about the future. Or we, or we see the future in terms of a month. <laughs> Next week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. Well, cheers, Paul. Anyway, oh, thanks very much. That's a pleasure. <laughs> that's something useful. <laughs> uh, that's going to take some clever editing. <laughs> Well, that was the end of the episode and I want to thank you for listening. I hope you took some from our conversation today. Please follow or subscribe. The link to the Instagram page will be in the description. Please feel free to DM me if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast.